Hello, this is Welcome to the Club, a Graveyard Club podcast. Every few weeks we get together and talk about life, the band, we share some behind-the-scenes stories and insights, and answer your questions. I'm Matt, I sing and play the synth. I'm Mike, I play guitar. I'm Corey, and it was my birthday yesterday. <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> I'm Amanda, your host. I also sing and play bass, and sometimes bass synth, which I haven't been saying lately. Is bass a general enough term? Yeah. Yeah, you're the low-frequency master. You got the highs and the lows. Uh, we would like to start off today's podcast with our first segment. Going to be a long one this time. Corey's Corner. It's going to be a long one, and it's going to be a difficult one to read. Somebody's trolling me. I heard there's a doozy in there. Yeah, somebody took our uh, prompting to challenge Corey's uh, <laughs> To be fair, we specifically asked for that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a mistake, I'm realizing. Some of, these, oh. some of these words, I don't even know what they mean. What is this? Okay, I'll do the easier ones first. Five stars, of course. It says, I am enjoying this podcast very much. They've got nice voices, personalities, and great knowledge of music. I've been a fan since 2018. To hear them talk is a real nice treat. Aww. They've become the friends I've never met but always wanted. That is so uh, sweet. That's, a, that's really sweet. Wow. Very sweet. Yeah, thank We're you. We're not currently accepting any new friends, unfortunately. I always have room for new friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Corey. Well, that's interesting. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> I canceled our plans the last three weeks to <laughs> go meet new friends. <laughs> It's, it's Corey spelled with an E-Y. Do you guys ever get jealous of somebody when they get like a new friend and it seems like they're hanging out more than they used to hang out with you? Yeah. Dude, I am so thin-skinned about all of that. Like, <laughs> logically, I know it doesn't matter, but like in reality, like like when you guys were going to go to Mexico before coronavirus, we were just talking about this. Oh, we had so much FOMO. <sighs> yeah, we like couldn't make it work because my spring break happened before that. And then when you guys couldn't go anymore because of, yeah, COVID, I was like, oh, Thank yeah, sweet. Mike plotting that. <laughs> Uh, I'm so petty. All right, here's another review. This one is titled, You Had Me at Nude Houseplant Paintings. Love it. It took me a second with that, and I was like, oh, yeah, we talked about that. All right, here we go. As if I wasn't already highly inspired by your music and art, I loved hearing about the other avenues of creativity that exist outside the band, the influences you've gathered through the years, and the incredible memories you've made on stage and in life together. Thank you for putting your time and talents into the podcast. Eager for the new album. Until then, I look forward to more hilarity, heart, and quirky banter here. You continue to inspire me as I spend my days and nights in the creative cave. I wonder what the creative cave is. Oh my god, is this person a content writer? That was, like, very well done. The first part kind of sounded like a eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> what part? But Read it again. Well, I don't know. I just like incredible memories you've made on stage and in life together. Seems like yeah, you've really done it, but past. you're not you're not with us anymore. Yeah. Well, in a way, <laughs> that's a nice review, though. That was very nice. Thank you. Yeah, that's a nice review. All right, let's try this one out. Spicy T Bone. Who's Spicy T Bone? <laughs> Reveal yourself. Reveal. <laughs> I don't know any Spicy T Bones in life. I thought of Anthony at first. I was, I was gonna like, say, I, like I thought of Anthony and also Pat, but like the vocabulary excluded anyone that we know. I think that's yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, including us. All right, here we go. It's prepossessing to get a 
diaphanous glimpse into the <laughs> perspicacity. Am I saying that word right? <laughs> of the various minds that make up that make up Graveyard Club. <laughs> Their ratiocination is coherent and intelligible, affable and endearing. They are indubitably a genuinely unpresumptuous band. The podcast provides a commensurate amount of information balanced with a beneficent, beneficent. Oh my god! Quantity yeah, of so. jovial banter and repartee. I know that one. Yeah, the production is of esteemable quality, and the content is of genuine predication. I'm not being hyperbolic. It's good stuff. The end what was really the... sweet. I. I think you nailed all the ones that I would have Diaphan- expected most diaphanous? people to ever know. I don't know that one either. Diaphanous. Persipacity. Also, their ratiocination is not a word I've ever heard in my Mm-mm. life, and I don't care to ever hear it again. Yeah, there's like at least three words I've definitely never heard before. Yeah. Beautifully read, Corey. And I, I think that that review was really nice, but I have no idea. <laughs> I read that a few times before. <laughs> Corey practiced it and recorded it and just put his recording up to the microphone when it came to podcasts. That was the best. He's a robot reading it. Oh, perfect. Thanks for writing in uh, the reviews, listeners. Anybody else that wants to leave some more reviews on Apple Podcasts? We are trying to get out to the other, like Spotify has been mentioned, um, other podcast catchers. Um, we're, we're getting around to that. So leave us a review and we will read it on Corey's Corner next time. Let's move on to our next segment. What's new with you, buddy? Corey, you're the birthday boy. Why don't you take it away? Sorry, what did you say? I was taking my sweater off and I had to take my headphones off. So I missed what you said. <laughs> I said, oh, what's new with you, birthday buddy? Oh. Um, did you not have a beautiful surprise B-Day celebration with all yes, your boys? Yesterday we went to uh, one of our neighbors has a nice sauna in his backyard so we went over there and got our sweat on just five five mostly naked dudes sweating it out together in a small room (laughs) um yeah and then we just i don't know had a couple people over for a barbecue and a fire last night and yeah it was good good day nice yeah it was fun yeah that was good that's great was it a stinky fire or not i couldn't um it was actually a well, I got no. This you new... guys have that new fire pit thing. That's yeah, awesome. I got a new fire. I did pit. not. I did not smell like a terrible fire this time. This is it's actually. Nice. I was just thinking about like when we start getting adverti- advertisers and we can start reading the ad copy. But I got a. <laughs> oh my I got God. a solo stove, not sponsored nice. by them, but great fire pit. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Do you want me to bring some of the wood I have over so we could <laughs> the see ghost wood that reeks. how it handles? Yeah, the we should tree see wood. if it can see if it can handle that stuff. No, it's one of those things, Amanda. Nice. You weren't there, I know. So it's it looks like almost like a like a a gigantic aluminum can. Mm. Can I Google it? What's it named? Solo stove. It basically has some like new fire pit technology that there's like holes in the bottom and then holes on the top, and it's like double walled, so it, like it like circulates air through it like really well, so it burns super clean. It doesn't yeah. smolder as much. This reminds me of. One time I made a, like, you cut apart two aluminum oh, cans and, and meet them together and poke holes in it, and now you have a tiny little stove for camping. 
And it runs on like um, rubbing alcohol. This reminds me of like a life size version yeah. of that. Hmm. Shout out to my parents for that. It was a birthday gift. Nice. I think we've been shouting out your parents a little too much. They make a lot of appearances in the podcast. I was just going to yeah. say they deserve it. They've been <laughs> huge supporters of us for a long time. Very true. Yeah, we'd all love one of those solo stoves. Yours is a list of your birthdays. Pete and Beth, if you could, yeah. Oh my gosh. How about you, Matt? What's new with you, buddy? What's new with me? Working a lot. I've become pretty obsessed with the Boundary Waters the last couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. So thinking about summer camping trips, I know, uh, I think all four of us are planning on going up there in August. So I've been listening to podcasts about it. It's called Tumble Home. Shout out to Tumble Home if they're, we're now Instagram <laughs> friends. Um, it's great. I love it. It's like two, they're... They're two guides, and they work for uh, Clearwater Outfitters, which is an outfitter out there. And they just talk about camping and canoeing. Can you explain for our listeners that are not from around here the magic of the Boundary Waters? Yes. So I don't know even how big in terms of square miles the area is, but it's basically a wilderness area in northern Minnesota and Canada where... A lot of it is you can't even have a motorboat. Some lakes you can, but most of it is you just paddle a canoe or a kayak. And there's a bunch of campsites that are first come, first serve. And you can just kind of plan out a route and just portage around between lakes and rivers. And it's kind of a wilderness paradise, really. We went last year, a group of like six people. It's fun. It's a real uh, it's a real test of your romantic relationship when you go with your partner <laughs> on one of those trips yeah. as we found out. <laughs> Mike and I were at my brother's wedding, I think. Oh, or, yeah, that's right. Some, or he had a work training thing, so we couldn't go. Yeah. But we fought a lot at home in solidarity with you guys. That's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I feel like a canoe is a really good test of your communication skills because... I mean, you have to work together in so many different ways. And that's, I mean, that's why so many groups like corporate retreats and like Boy Scouts, they go up and do those type of things because it's, it's, I not, mean, it takes a lot yeah. of, of like personal communication skills, I think. I was going to say too, successful. it's not like, I wouldn't even really classify it as like a vacation. You know, it's not necessarily, it's rigorous. It's like fun, but it's hard. It's hard. Like, it's like hard work like kind of shitty conditions and like the mosquitoes are you have to go to bed at nine o'clock because the mosquitoes come out and you're just done you know yeah. so it's just uh it's like different it's not it's not necessarily like super relaxing just camping in general is not the most relaxing thing but it's fun it's cha- it's challenging and it's yeah it's beautiful right mike what's new with you buddy uh a lot of work stuff um got my first vaccine shot that was cool at the mall of america very surreal but that's exciting they just give you an orange julius to sip on afterwards you know i actually made that joke about getting an orange julius when i was oh texting gosh. i thought you guys about it is that still a thing orange julius i don't know i never had it I think, really i think it is is that what you got too matt matt got vaccinated too yeah i went to the same i went to the mall as well i was just a day behind mike they're both teachers so that's how they get in yeah what's new with me is that i it's now march And in Minnesota, if you're really into gardening and you're going to start seeds, that's the month that you can do it. So I have, I think, about 267 three-inch pots with 
seedlings growing mostly flowers, herbs, and tomatoes. That's a lot of seeds. It's a lot. Yeah, she's going nuts. I bought a four-foot grow light one year and was like, I'll just do enough that fits under this. And the next year I was like, I'll just buy another grow light. And now it's year three and I got another one. And I think at the rate I'm going, I'm going to have to relax next year. <laughs> one a year. Yeah. Are you going to have room for all of that in your garden space? Or you oh, just expect yes, that yes, some yes, of them yes. are going to be weak? No, the weak ones get thinned and then their brothers beside them will be the ones that get Pop planted. Through. Nice. Yeah. I Last year I planted a lot of seeds that I'd started indoors, but I also sowed. Sowed? That sounds weird. Some directly in like May, um, which is kind of nice because then stuff blooms like at different times throughout the year, like stuff that doesn't bloom all year that you'll have like stages where there's always something blooming. That's cool. Did Lauren uh, send you a photo of her setup? Yes. We've been exchanging photos and saying, look at the babies. Here they come. Our basement looks haunted at night. There's like purple light coming out from Yeah, her grow lights are some sort of, yeah, why are they purple? Seems I don't know. Legit. It's probably like the type of it's like a UV light or something. Yeah. She didn't do her research and just use lava lamps because that's what she had around. Oh <laughs> so I went to the Halloween section. I owned one of those at one point when I was a child. Nice. What a beautiful piece of artwork. Lava. But anyway, that's been really fun. Cool. It's just nice to get in the mindset of like stuff is going to be green soon. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to our next segment. Media Nest. Who's got some media to report back on? I've been really into this Boundary Waters podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Tumble Home. I guess there's a band that I kind of got into recently, and it's so new that who knows if I'll listen back to this in like a week and not care anymore. But there's a band called The Homesick. They're on Sub Pop. It's sort of like post-punky, which is very in right now, I feel like, in the indie realm. But it's also, like, mixed with a very less-in thing of, um, like, they're kind of freak folk, like, early 2010s kind of sound of, like, Animal Collective or, like, Grizzly Bear. It's kind of got some of that stuff with, like, lots of, like, acoustic elements or, like, weird clarinets and, like, Baroque kind of things going on mixed with, like, a harder-edged post-punk thing. So I'm into it. It sounds refreshing. Sorry, what was it? The Homesick. There's a bunch of older EPs and things I never listened to, but their sub pop uh-huh. album that like newish is it's pretty cool. Nice. Sounds good. I've been watching uh, a show called Bear Town on HBO. It's about a hockey team in Sweden. Um, it's kind of a dark show. There's only two episodes out right now, and it involves like sexual assault and like these teenagers. So it's getting pretty dark, but it's like uh, it seems well done. Um, the setting's really cool, but watching that, check it out. How about you, Corey? I don't really know. I feel like I haven't, in the last couple of weeks, I haven't really consumed any media at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what I've been, I feel like we've just kind of been throwing some stuff on at night that just is like kind of mindless TV sort of, sort of things. You know, so yeah. I like, haven't been super invested in anything. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it this is the last couple of weeks. I've been playing this video game called Niche, where you it's like you have a little tribe of creatures and you try to get them to evolve certain traits that'll help them survive in different environments. It's kind of like turn based, it's very addicting. Nice. Yeah. 
What are the critters like? Is it like a, it's kind of interesting? Eight like bit kind of look. No, it's like it's like three D. Um, okay, but they like it's like they have all these different traits they could have, like antlers or wings, or like their their head could be more like a bird beak or more like a lion kind of. And it's like you'd think they'd look more crazy when you have like a weird mashup of genetics, but they always kind of look like a, just like a cute little creature. I think it's like the art side of things is pretty well done. Cool. Nice. Yeah. This concludes Media Nest and brings us to our next segment Band News. I've learned for this. Um, I tracked some vocals last week for two new tracks. One of them is called Moonglow. You might recognize that name from a podcast name of Moonglow. <laughs> where we couldn't stop saying that. Um, but I was trying out some really low harmonies, and I was like, there was one in my head that I could almost sing, but the lowest note of it always kind of came out as like a. Uh, so then, like, uh, <laughs> like the day, the day you good. track and the days leading up to it, you like warm up your voice so much, and you have all these beverages, and your your vocal cords are just pristine and clear and ready to go. But that doesn't really help you at the low end of your range. So, especially if you're a soprano like me. Um, so instead, the next morning, I got out of bed and didn't do anything. I didn't even brush my teeth because I knew that there was just, like, phlegm and nastiness in there. And that's that's structural integrity phlegm that helps you <laughs> that helps you sing lower. Mm-hmm. So I did I did use really mouthwash because I didn't want to be disgusted by my own breath. But um, I sung a D below middle C which is this note, which is pretty low. So I feel really good about that. It turned out great. I, just like the rough mix thing that you sent, it sounded like Stevie Nicks or something through like the oh lens of Dream Pop, God. and I was very into it. That's the highest compliment I've ever been paid. Yeah. If it's anything I like mean, Stevie Nicks to our fans, I'll be very happy. And who knows what the final product of the song ends up sounding like. But yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. That was exciting. I think we potentially might have the kind of like outline for the next record in terms of like what songs will probably be on it. It's coming into a clear picture. Like it feels like if we had to pull the trigger on a track list right now, we could do it technically where even like a week ago or two weeks ago, it felt like that might not be quite true. Like there was still missing pieces. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I thought was kind of fun was the value of practice became very clear this last couple of days when we most recently practiced. Because like we can have Matt write the skeleton demo. We can all, you know, add in our creative parts and send files back and forth and have little texting conversations and sort of flesh out a song that way. But it just feels more like limited as far as creativity is concerned and you just sort of check some boxes and the song is done yeah there's no synergy but being in the room together when right and being in the room like we get those right and having those conversations one more time just kidding <laughs> synergy <laughs> well where i was going with that interrupt had... <laughs> interrupting to talk about how well things are flowing <laughs> great synergy represented right there so we had two demos that were sort of like, do either of these two demos make the cut? Like, it's unclear. We, we got, like, a few leftovers and scraps that we, we'd like to um, kind of play around with, but not sure if we need all of it. 
And so we were all just talking in practice, like, what if we put two demos together? Which, like, obviously bands do that. It it felt like in a movie when, like, the main character doesn't know how she's going to solve the problem. And then the, like, side character says something. And then she goes, wait, say that again. (laughs) And then I'm like, what? How was that? No, no, the thing before that. How was that? And then and then she just runs out of frame because she's got it figured out. Yeah. And that thing was, what if we just put them together? Yeah, so it is sort of like two songs stitched together in a cool way. It was fun. So it was inspiring, and I think that's what we were missing through a lot of the winter of, like, what's the moment of inspiration? Yeah. One thing I was going to mention band-related, um, like two years ago, we had submitted to have a song in this podcast called Night Vale. Which maybe welcome some people to Night Vale. Are, welcome to Night Vale. Yeah, I actually i i was listening to it for a little bit, and then I kind of just lost track of it and stopped listening to it. Um, but we got an email them from them like two weeks ago, and they were like, "Hey, just responding to your email from two years ago, we'd love to put one of your songs in our podcast." Um, and I think that must have it happened, didn't it? Like they did that podcast. Yeah, it was on air. Monday, okay. uh, March first, I think. I'll have to go back and listen to that. And was it like in, have, where did you, did you listen to it, Matt? Yeah. Where is it in the podcast? Like, Maybe like two-thirds of the way through. What's the context of it? Is it just like in the background? No, they like listen to the song. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's like typical of that podcast where they... Because it seems like every every week they highlight a song. So I wonder if they just have a section where they play. Just do that? Yeah. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Nice. We also have a song that's going to be in an HBO show generations i think it's a new show i think yeah yes no should it we is. look this up and yeah then okay what the truth is? it looks interesting here it's called yeah it's called generation lena dunham oh i didn't know it was her show it's her new show for hbo it's called generation i guess i didn't realize she was in that there that was her show either so if you're wondering how that happens i've had you know people ask that kind of stuff like how did you get your song in that show because um, we've had stuff on some Netflix shows here, there, or like random like MTV show, or it's you get bands will have a licensing agency where you work with people that specifically um, put your music out there for film and commercial and things like that, and try to pitch it to different um, creative entities to have it featured. And it's always interesting too because it's such a crapshoot. Um, like you don't know if it means like yeah your background of like one second of instrumentals will be like on a transition that you barely hear and you get like you know some pocket change right or it's like yeah you got like a big featured moment and like you're gonna get a bunch of money for it right, yeah right it's usually the more <laughs> minor version of that not like the the huge breakout moment version but yeah, it's so yeah. i do feel like our current company that's working we're working with for like goodnight paradise most of the placements have been like it's not happening a ton but when we get one it seems high quality whereas in the past we got like do you want to be on e online's like re- remix like there's one show we were on where they honestly double timed one of our songs what were we do you on, remember like, that wasn't it like 16 and pregnant or something on it was tv oh we're, we've been on all those <laughs> So I also think about, like, the ethos of the music, like, underground, punk rock, indie, whatever, when we were growing up was so much, like, more taboo about, like, what, you're on, like, this commercial, or, like, you're in a Nordstrom's ad, or you're on some, like, lame MTV, like, reality show. 
And it's like that just doesn't pertain to the reality of now anymore. Like indie music, there's no money to be made in that. We were just talking about how like all of these prominent Minnesota artists are now like working as like checkout people at the food co-op or like working at like the postal service delivering mail on foot. And it's like if you want to make money, you don't get to be picky about like what your music is featured in. You're just lucky and grateful that like somebody's listening to it. And it's cool because every time we do get like Matt talking about some of those more prominently placed songs in in shows or movies, we always see a surge of new fans and new interaction online with our music. So it like clearly yeah, reaches I was gonna people. Say, that's like, and like, I mean, to be fair too, it's like, we all work, you know, we all have full-time jobs. And right. Like our, the band is nowhere near. Yeah. Like a fine, like we basically make enough money to like pay for making an, the right. next record. Sometimes. You know, through like all the stuff. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or like to like, you know, make, create new merch or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think the side effect, like you're saying, Mike, which is good about it is like, you do get, it's just like a new form of exposure and we mm-hmm. always get like a bump in like fans and people buying merch. Yeah. So I don't know. To me, it's like one of those things where it's like, I don't know. It's so stupid when people are just like, oh, it's like a solo right. move. It's like, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Like, a little too if, it's, if it's something that like, right. I think know, the real selling out is like writing different music based on what you hope, where you hope it'll land or what you hope it'll get used for. Like we're still writing the right. tunes we want to write. And then if right. you want to pay like, us some money to use it in your show. Heck yeah. Yeah, go exactly. for it. Happy totally. to, happy yeah. to do that. Yeah. You can't see it at home, but all four of us are wearing Pepsi trucker hats. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know uh, what that reminds me of? And do you remember that scene in Wayne's World? Yes. Where they're all just the product like, yeah, placement. they're just like, they like, yeah, they're like all like wearing it. It's like oh, eating man. Pizza Hut and he's wearing like a full Adidas yeah, tracksuit. Yeah. It's like that great, reminds me, do you remember scene. the Domino? I had a Domino's Pizza Hat that I loved. Oh. Yes. And I lost it on tour. <laughs> yep. And I like, all three members of the band, I was like, where is the hat? You have the hat at your house. And everyone's like, we don't have the hat. Like, and you then, need to relax. It was some free <laughs> hat that you got somehow. I got it at an estate sale. It was uh, someone sadly passed away, but they had a glorious Domino's hat. I think we all know how they died. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we went on a tour. It was probably one year later. And I think Amanda was driving first. So she was moving the seat up to like get closer. And I, got, I got the littlest legs. And as the seat moved up, it was like right underneath the driver's seat a year later was the Domino's hat. Revealed. And the tour just got worse and worse from there. What a glorious start. <laughs> I've never seen you happier in my life. I it's broken now. That like plastic Aww. snap on the back. It doesn't it like totally broke. You gotta go to uh gotta find your neighborhood cobbler and take it in. Yeah. <laughs> cobbler hat, yeah. Hat I bet cobbler. you could easily uh sew on a fabric one instead. You know? Well, some of them yeah. can be fabric. I wish we would have had this conversation before I threw it away after all this. <laughs> you threw it away? I think I threw it away. I was like, there's no way this is going to get fixed. Maybe it's... I'll check. Well, this has I been... Went... Oh, I... go ahead. <laughs> I was going to talk about Domino's longer, but I'll... I'm going to cut myself Have we off. talked about how much you love Domino's? I don't know if it's been established it's on unreal. our I don't podcast. think on this podcast. It's... I... And I strongly disagree with your stance on Domino's. And I'm... I know I'm the outlier in all of our friend group, but I don't get it. I'm a garbage boy with food, and I still don't like Domino's. Yeah, I don't feel great after eating it, especially compared to other pizzas, but I'll eat it. I guess since we're talking about pizza, we should talk about Jet's Pizza. What's Jet's? Which I oh, recently... Oh, yes. I just saw yeah, one up I, by my work. It's like a, there's one up by my school. Yeah, there's like... It's like a ch- it's a chain um, pizza place, and there's... I don't know. There's maybe like half dozen of them around, like scattered around the cities and suburbs and stuff like that, but it's sort of like a Detroit-style 
deep dish pizza, so it's got that kind of like oily, crispy Ooh, crust where the hungry. cheese goes all the way to the edge. Oh, I went. I was like, I went and got some of that the other day. I got it twice in one week, actually, a couple of weeks ago. I went and got it for lunch, and then like on Friday, I was like, Bethany, we should get Jet's Pizza for dinner tonight. So I went and drove and got like another one, a whole pizza. Let's get Jet's Pizza for dinner, Mike. I was just going to say that. I'm feeling inspired. If you're you're going to be editing the podcast. It, I'm going to be playing video it's games. It's really good. I'm going to be way too busy to cook. <laughs> it is really, it's really good, surprising. I feel like when you go in there, you're kind of like, this looks like a weird fast food joint, sort of, but the pizza is absolutely delightful. Does Bethany like it? Yeah, I she just want to make it. sure someone other than just you really likes this. <laughs> Need a larger sample size. Yeah. Yeah. You can text Patrick about it. He probably has some good... This could be our next sponsor. Jets. Our, <laughs> our next, next sponsor? Jets. As if we've had one previously. <laughs> we already have Solo Stove. <laughs> hmm. Let's move this thing right along to our next segment. Story time. Today we wanted to talk to you about a specific leg of a tour that I don't think was was the earliest of tours for us. It was more of a mid, right? I think I'm... The middle years. Yeah, the middle yeah. years. It's hard to remember for sure because there's like a... I think it's a blend of multiple yeah. tours Yeah, that's true. In my we were mind. just trying to get the bullet points out before we hit record and we, we can't get it straight, but you're going to love it mind, anyway. In my mind, it's like... Yeah, right. And I think of, like, certain pockets of the east and, like, the south where you're not really on the coast yet. You're not really in a major city. It's all the in-between places. It's, like, not Philadelphia, not New York City, but... It's places where the accent is something you never could have predicted, you know? Yeah. Like, an Ohio or Pennsylvania accent is, like, what is that? Is that is that a little bit of southern that I'm picking up on? It's like a combination of uh, yeah, a couple. Yeah, but the first one that came to my mind was the one I think was in Western Pennsylvania, and this might have been our first tour. And we were just like in an awkward stretch yeah. of like a day off from a show and a long drive, so we ended up instead of getting a hotel or an Airbnb because it was sort of the middle of nowhere, we just ended up finding a campsite in like the wilderness of Western Pennsylvania. And it had got, it was really dark by the time we got there and it had like rained a bunch and there was other like campers or tents and things kind of throughout the, like the loop of the campgrounds. And there was just like children running around everywhere. I like, would classify them as feral children. Yeah, I was just going to say feral. And I think one of them immediately flipped us off as we drove by and we we're like, like the teacher in me is like, what the heck? You can't do that to your <laughs> elders. <laughs> but didn't they? Didn't no, wait, remember when we were, dri- we were driving though? by? Yes. That's, a, that's just going to say we drove by and we, there was like some kids playing outside. We we're like, oh, look at those Aww. cute children at that farm. And then they like proceeded to pelt the truck with rocks as we drove by. Yeah. And it was like a Lord of the Flies situation was unraveling in front of us, it felt like. Because we were also finally set up our tents and <laughs> we were like, we need a drink. This is rough around here. And there was like a sip of whiskey left. And I feel like me and Matt and Corey are just like huddled around the whiskey bottle. Like who gets it? And anyway, so then we go to bed in our like giant four person tent. And you just hear this like really fast, like pitter patter of footsteps outside of the tent. Like freaking kids running by. It was terrifying. It was like some children of the corn stuff flashing through our minds. But I also remember Matt went out to like pee in the middle of the night. (laughs) Do you remember what I? Oh, 
Oh, oh I yeah. I laughed so be. hard. Like, we were all awake enough, but, like, trying to sleep. And Matt went out to, like, pee, like, <laughs> off in the woods. And he came back in. And this is when we were already, like, freaked out by this whole place. Does anybody remember the exact quote of what he said? I think Matt should say it, whatever it is. There's a woman dancing by the fire. I didn't say anything to her, and she didn't say anything to me. <laughs> and no one responded, and we all just went to bed after that. That was like the end of the night. <laughs> I think this might be a different tour. We were, sca- we were staying in like that garden shed, I thought, one time. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. In the like, Catskills. And I went out. It, it was raining, and it was like literally, I think there was like a hoe and a chainsaw like hanging on the wall, and we stayed. We stayed in a shed with bunk beds. Do that, you remember this? The quote-unquote garden shed, too, is... I remember I booked all of our lodgings for that tour. And, like, I've always been the poorest one, even now that I'm a working adult. Like, I just don't quite make the, the funds that you big-time teachers do. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, anyway, I was doing the lodgings, and I was like, okay, we're not getting paid a ton yet. Because these, as we've established, are the middle years. Um and we just can't afford to like stay somewhere nice and it's just one night and i also like don't care at all like i'm sleeping somewhere for one night who cares it could be almost anywhere as long as the door locks you know yeah you have a very low bar okay yeah that's another way i'm not not as a knock on you just i'm just for reference to what most people would probably be like so i i booked a few of these like campsites or like in between where like it's not straight up camping in a tent but it's maybe a shed for example and I said, you guys, there were multiple emails. I told you guys, you're going to have to bring a set of sheets for this place and this place and make sure you bring a pillow. And then, like, we got there and, like, at least two of you were like, oh, there's no sheets on the beds. And I was like, of look at your you email. It's from May 3rd. It tells you. So anyway, that was that was another yeah, part of the shed, classic the shed story. And, and in subsequent years, I never booked the lodgings again. <laughs> that was So we stayed at one of these sheds, and it's just a room with bunk beds. And it was hot in the summer, and I was like, I feel like yeah. we got there, and I was like wearing jeans and like all black. I was like, I got to put some shorts on. <laughs> I remember and, this. And Corey, Corey, maybe Corey should tell this, because I feel like it's better from your I just remember, like, I think Amanda and Mike were just like out. I don't know, just like outside doing something. Matt's like, I got to change in his shorts. I was like, all right. So he's like, I was like, I just like turned, I basically like turned around so I wouldn't see his genitals and butt. And then like, he just like starts to change behind me and I like grab the door and like swing the door closed slowly to shut it. And on the back of the door is like a full body length mirror. And like, I close it and Matt and I just like lock eyes in it. I can just see his white pasty butt behind me. Uh, I get a good. I think about that all the time and get a good chuckle. Just the comedic timing of that whole scenario. I feel like you cannot make that up. Oh man, it's so perfect. So good. Oh man. Close the door. Time for some privacy. <laughs> Last night, Corey and I were talking about this. I don't know if you two remember, but at one point we took a wrong turn, and we were on this random road in like Tennessee, yeah. and we stumbled upon one of the most glorious sights I've ever seen: the Bush's Baked Bean Factory. <laughs> oh Do you remember God. this? And I bet this was yes. when we were. I begged everyone this to. We were on the way. We were on the way to the cave tour. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think it was the same. Like we were in the same area. I earnestly was like, "Please, can we stop? 
please. And everyone was like, no, we can't stop. And we drove by. And I still, like, once a month, I think about that. Like, wow. What wonder, that beautiful bean wonder footage. what goes on in there. I thought you were joking. I, I didn't think there was an ounce of seriousness. Or I would have entertained it. I remember that. We're a big, big bean band. <laughs> this is going to be our third sponsor, Bush's Baked Beans. Getting sponsors is all about just saying the sponsors you yeah. want. If you say the name it's enough, the they'll just, they come to you. Shall we move on to our next segment? It's time for... Deep Dive. Today we will be deep diving into Birdie. Birdie is another song off of Goodnight Paradise. When I think back to the origin of Birdie, it started as just like one of Matt's demos, but it had like a decidedly grunge vibe, like alternative 90s rock slash grunge, where it was a lot more guitar based um, and sounded kind of like if like Weezer and the Pixies had a mashup. So that was kind of sitting around as we were working on Goodnight Paradise. And the album was coming together. And this grunge demo, I don't think, really felt like it fit. What ended up happening is, like, Goodnight Paradise took probably around two years between all the songwriting and the rehearsing and the tracking, mixing, etc. And as you're, like, recording an album, what will happen is, like, you've got songs that you've been playing live, you've had them so long, and then you've got songs that kind of get written in the process of recording that you didn't know were going to be part of it. And I think the way I remember it was some of our earliest songs in the Goodnight Paradise songwriting process were the more, like we talked about last week, like Finally Found with the kind of 50s retro-y kind of sound. We have the song Maureen, that was an early demo. And then after those songs got settled on, the songwriting process led into way more synthy stuff like William or Mm -hmm. um, Dreamland, Miles and Miles, things like that. And so I always think about songs in terms of like commonalities. And I think of like, there are sister songs. So to me, when we were like, let's revive Birdie for this record and how can we make it fit? My mind went to um, how can we get like a sister song for Finally Found and Maureen that has sort of more of that sort of retro surfy guitar based 50s sound. So my first step was just taking that demo and taking the same chords and everything and putting in some different treated guitars so instead of like the chuggy distorted rhythm guitar that matt had in the demo i like cleaned it up and made it like this picking pattern very similar to finally found and then i added that little intro riff to give it like a new little hook That sort of gave us permission to explore that song in a way that actually fit within the rest of the record because now it was cohesive in a certain way. So this is kind of my entrance into it. So I'm going to play the drums from the studio. 
So does somebody want to explain why you can hear other instruments like faintly bleeding through the microphone? Because I think that explains an interesting process about this song and how we recorded this that's unique. Well, I think it was like the only song we've ever recorded all four of us live all at once, right? In a studio. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we did with that with that one. I think it was sort of just like the idea was sort of like, let's just try this. Gotta get that synergy. And why this song? It was simpler. There was like not as many layers. It was easy like it was doable versus like some of the other songs are like, there's no way we could possibly even do that. Right. Normally we would have like a scratch track where Matt's got like the foundation and we can all record as that against that as a reference, but then we really what we're doing is just dubbing in layers in isolation and we still did some of that with this record with this song i mean where you know you go back and it's like okay well there's a guitar solo over the rhythm guitar that i obviously can't play both or like Mm -hmm. there's an additional little harmony flourish that we're gonna you know add in there's more than one of those for my vocals at least yeah we'll get to that don't you worry (laughs) it's one of my favorite songs and like i feel like that vibe i think i was saying this kind of recently actually when we were talking about like vibe of records and stuff and i'm like i just love that like 50s sort of style where it's a little bit like grittier so yeah that's one of my probably one of my favorite songs that we've done yeah i love it too one thing that i think is funny about this song is matt has that real nice low register when he sings and he really hits it low on this song um and you'll hear in isolation that sometimes the notes are so low that your voice is barely even reaching the note it's almost more of like a croaking sound but it totally works from the tree and now the garden's full of weeds. And then when we rehearsed the song, it was clear that, like, maybe this is too low. And I remember trying to get you, Matt, to, like, change the key before we even laid it down, period. And you were like, nope, this is the right key. Like, even moving it a half step changes the vibe to me. Yeah. And live, though, we do, we've changed it live. We've that's moved it up a full say. whole step just to make it more manageable. I know, but, like, that's why there was friction in the first place, because it's like, it just doesn't feel the same. You know? Yes, right. It's hard mm-hmm. to play live and sing that low and have it have enough volume, even. Mm-hmm. Right. And I still yeah. go back and forth about, like, should we have recorded it up a key? But I do feel like some of the lyrical content, it's about kind of resignation and giving up. And, like, I think it fits, like, the kind totally. of the amount of, like, the low gravelly voice, the kind of, like, breathlessness of it um it works and then i think it's more dramatic when you start that low and you work into like more of a yell sing Mm -hmm. in that in that song oh we'll get to the yell too yeah do you feel like this the lyrics of this one are more scathing i know that like a lot of goodnight paradise as we've talked about with our other deep dives ties around a lot of like themes about breaking up or like learning to like reacclimate to your life now that you it's like you had a major change or whatever but like some of these lyrics like um because the life you deserve is with the trash out on the curb birdie that's a zinger is this a diss track matt (laughs) i still think it can be interpreted multiple (laughs) ways but i also feel like there's a lot of context behind it that I know right. that I feel like it's maybe hard to explain that I don't, I didn't mean Can you it. explain it and yeah. tell names and addresses? Social security <laughs> numbers of everyone involved. <laughs> um, I really didn't mean it as like the intent wasn't to insult or, or to like, you know, make a spectacle of someone. It was just kind of, uh, 
I, I've had very few songs that the lyrics like were done as quickly as this one. I feel like it just all felt like it clicked in immediately and sort of therapeutic maybe. I, yeah, I don't think of it as a diss track. I think of it as as just my version of a story, maybe. That's kind of how I expected the answer to go, knowing how you write and how you are. You're not an inflammatory type of person. But it is interesting to hear sort of that like raw sort of expression of like, we're done, like it's not working. So really happy. I'm actually putting a montage of all of your lyrical explanations <laughs> together and submitting it to mm-hmm. a therapist. <laughs> That'll be our guest next week. <laughs> oh, man. So the rest of the instruments of Birdie would consist of Amanda on real bass. has a synth going that plays through the verse. Hearing these isolated tracks, you unearth things that you forgot were there or never knew were there because they're not really like a feature part. They're like a supporting part that adds like a frequency. So that guitar intro kind of hook that I mentioned earlier... I never knew this, but there's a synth pad that actually supports it. This part, along with another part that Amanda does later, makes me want to have somebody like remix this song with just these certain tracks to make it like a totally different thing. So then the song comes to sort of a pinnacle and Matt has a very abrupt and drawn out scream. And in isolation, that one is a real doozy with just sustain for days. Ooh, I want to hear that. Oh, here it is. Wow. That was that was very scary for me. <laughs> I remember his kids were upstairs and I was really self-conscious. I was like, I don't want to scream. Your kids are like playing Legos in the upstairs. That was and, the same uh, with Death Proof. He also calls his daughter Birdie. So I was like, this is going to get confusing. Oh, that's right. Um, I think it sounds great. It's so hard to scream, like let alone kids playing Legos, just when there's no... Like, reason. Like, you're trying to tell your body and your vocal cords, like, we're going to put all this emotion in. But, like, your mind is like, why? I'm standing in a vocal booth. It's quiet. It's dumb. But you did it. It sounds crazy and good. Yeah. So the scream opens up the song into this big moment with lots of layers. So there's this guitar solo that actually stemmed from Matt's original guitar demo, that more grungy demo. least a little twist on it so <laughs> i had been playing around with a chorus pedal um that i sort of cranked a lot of the knobs on when i was just screwing around at home and found this sort of mock theremin sound love it and if you don't know what a theremin is it's like this old-fashioned instrument that like it almost kind of looks like a 
big wand that like sets on the table and you wave your hands in front of it at different distances to make this you like wavery like, noise. pretending that you're casting a spell, basically. Yeah. It gives this eerie, like a lot of old spooky sounds records and like movies and soundtracks had that sound on it. This is the sound of a theremin, one of the most unusual instruments this side of a bagpipe. It's a disturbing sound, sound that can jangle the nerves. So anyway, I was in my mind like, ooh, I'm going to do this like weird guitar theremin solo here. And then it's got like a harmony with it. So when I went to the studio with that part, Andy was like, eh, I don't know. That's a bit much, probably. And I was like fighting it hard, if I remember right. So we compromised where I put in a more normal, like fast-picking guitar solo, similar to what Matt had demoed, and a harmony over that one. And then I did the theremin double of it, and a theremin harmony double. So there's really four guitars playing one guitar solo. And then underneath the guitar solo, Amanda's got this choir of her voices that is another spot where Mike I would and I love... are absolutely full of ourselves. There's dozens of us in this section of yeah. the song alone. <laughs> well, that's kind of how Andy does things, though, I feel like. He that's loves true. really putting those layers in there when he produces. Yeah, a lot of times with Andy, I'll think that I'm giving options and I'm doing like, okay, here's if we wanted the third as a harmony, I'll sing the third. Okay, here's the fifth if we wanted that. And then what turns out is that they're all getting used. Right. But this actually, this is, I, I mostly had the idea to use most of these. Right. Yeah, it feels like a missed opportunity. Now that I hear this isolated, we should have used it as like an intro or something. That's why I say there should be a remix of it because it just sounds so amazing. version of this that we did for a little quarantine session for the current the radio station in Minneapolis yeah this is definitely the first song that came to mind when we were thinking of the idea of well I'll do Valens Matt will do a solo version and I'll do a solo version of some song that was like birdie dibs it's a lot sadder my piano cover of it is a lot more hopeless. I think the one with the full band's got a little more bite to it. I feel that way about a lot of songs that we have. Where, yeah. like, if you slowed it down, it'd be like, this is kind of a sad song. Yeah. This has been Deep Dive. You take this home, make it into a catacomb. You start to size the street of life because it's been defeated. Let's move on to our next segment. Questions. Read them and weep, Maddie. 
Let's uh, let's start with an easy one. Who in the band has the worst taste in movies? Probably me. Mm, you or Matt? Me and Corey are more. Oh, I get it. Snobs. Yeah, yeah. If you had to take right, Matt, our list of like top ten favorite movies and then like quantify their Rotten Tomato score, I think Matt's would probably be the lowest score. Yeah. Mike, That's Mike like, literally won't watch use. things that have bad reviews. He, he just like t- his nose turns up at a ninety degree yeah. angle. I will spend two hours in a night just looking at reviews of movies. Yeah, you, you two are the same. And then not not watching a single thing. Corey, and just being like, that doesn't have eight, over 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not yeah. going to watch it. I feel like with, like, entertainment, Corey and I are very similar in that way. Like, the kinds of, like, bands or, like, movies or shows we'd watch, like, we have a low tolerance for, like... It's like I don't want to waste my time, but yeah. then I'll just waste three hours looking for what to yeah. watch and then not yeah, watch anything. Same. But, but it's not... Like, I don't have the snobbery, the snobbery a word? Yeah. Probably. I think my snobbery doesn't extend to everything else, though. Like, last night, I remember who, but somebody was talking about, like, restaurants and, like, food and stuff. Oh, and I, yeah. like, don't have a food snob totally in me at all. Not. What about the Domino's? That's, yeah. that's, that's, yeah, that's a huge outlier that. for Mike. He's a normal Exactly. It's n- that's why it's noteworthy, because it doesn't make sense. Like, how can, like, I, even I don't like Domino's. <laughs> That's how bad it should be, but think, yet nobody agrees. I think with me. why Matt is the answer to this question and not me is because I'm I'm not watching movies like to watch them. Right. I'm as previously mm-hmm. stated in my media nest, and I'm actually doing like two other things, and I just want something in the background that's gonna like make me feel good. It's usually like yeah, Pixar or the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> Similar. But you watch yeah. good stuff too. Like you have good taste, and you like really cool shows. But like, there's a definitely like a pocket of like really acclaimed things that you're like that is way too heavy or way too dark. And I can yeah, I don't appreciate like it, but it's like I feel like life is already heavy. Enough. I like I want to be that. like shook to my core when I yes. watch something, and anything less than that That's, is unacceptable. Sometimes I feel like totally. if you had a really nice life, you like the idea of being thrilled by something like that. And I think that that kind of fits That's... you, you and Mike both. We're yeah. privileged. Yeah, I don't know. I just like, especially your formative years. Like, you have really nice families. Like, nothing weird happened while your brain was still growing into itself. Yeah, we get to experience hardship through other people's storytelling. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm sick of being sad. Bring me the trash. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It's real sad. But what I was gonna it does make sense. But what I was gonna add is that Matt, why Matt wins this question is because he actually is watching Ernest Scared Stupid <laughs> and going, "Give me more." <laughs> I take I take notes. <laughs> like I feel all like like I feel like Matt, you'll go back and like watch like all of the seasons of Full House or something, and you'll be like, "That was awesome! <laughs> what a ride!" Matt's is less about actual bad taste and more about like an incredibly strong sense of nostalgia. Yeah, it's super specific. Yeah, it's not just any bad sure. stuff. It's like yeah. dated. I think that's part of it. I think there's a comfort to it, and also I like weird things. I feel like. Sometimes the like best movies they're not weird enough yeah. for me. I want to watch something that you're just like you can really just wonder what they were yeah. thinking when they made it. That's a great question. What else you got? What was the song that was hardest to record and why? All of the ones during the pandemic <laughs> because we're not in person. I mean, I think the parts when I think about what is hardest to record, it has less to do with tracking and more to do with mixing Mm. so all the performances are done everything's been recorded and captured but we're very particular and there are so many parts 
that we just go back and forth with so many notes. Yeah. So like which song? I feel like maybe it hurts was one that took a long time to kind of find That's the what sweet I would, spot. That would be my answer. And I don't but know like, why. I don't know. I don't know if it took that long to record, but like no. the song had maybe five versions before getting ready to record. So I feel like we worked on that for so long mm-hmm. compared to a lot of others. Yeah. What's the next question? This one is from our buddy TJ. Do you think the pandemic has changed the direction or priorities of the mm-hmm. band? Yes, I think like inevitably it's sort of having like a big event like that that kind of like knocks you out of your of that momentum. Totally. Sort of changes things. Which is weird because you know, while I agree it's like it's not like we like lost some status or some reputation as far as like oh we were breaking through because even if that was the case everybody's in the same boat so it's all relative. Right. Because this happened to all of us. Yeah. Right. But I also think on a different note, it's sort of liberating to say, like, we have a get-out-of-jail-free card with, like, a lot of other normal responsibilities tied to the band that aren't our favorite. Like, ooh, let's make sure we're super active on social media and engaging fans in this way or that way, or promoting this show, or, like, finding ways to hustle a little bit. And this is a little bit easier to just say, we're just recording our album, and that is our main priority. I mean, it's like... pandemic. Why aren't you popular? It's a mm. pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to be saying that for years to come. Yeah. It was all COVID. <laughs> What's the next question? There's a lot of good questions that, unfortunately, we won't, don't have time for. So thank you for asking if yours is not in here. Uh, but the final one we'll do is uh, someone wrote, Graveyard Club and Your Smith are two of my favorite bands from Minnesota. Who are your favorite Minnesota bands? Mm. I think about that in, like, tears. Like... If I'm talking about bands that have broke through to, like, the national radar, I think of, like, Bon Iver and Polisa, Lizzo. Lizzo, or, like, Big Thief. I mean, Adrian Lenker's from Minnesota, but questionable if you can count her or not. Brooklyn Bread, I believe, is what the critics say. But there's there's also, like, the bands that aren't, like, national that we have, like, friend, like um, Fort Wilson Riot. They're very cool. They're good local I was bands. just going to mention them. They just came out with a single... Uh, that was on Bandcamp, or like released on Bandcamp Friday a couple days ago, almost a week ago, when you hear this, listeners. They're great, though. Everything they make is wonderful, and they're like the sweetest people. Yeah, I agree. definitely. Yeah, there's a lot totally. of great bands. We have a lot of good music here. Um, I like a band called Real Numbers. I think we played with them once. Yeah, a while back. Um, yeah, I've listened to some of their stuff. We we have some friends in a band called Grand Couriers. Um, Super cool good. stuff as well. Kind of under, like underrated, yeah. I think. Oh, Definitely. I agree for sure. Also, finesse. Oh, yeah, oh, finesse is cool. Yeah. I wonder if they're still doing stuff. They're wonderful. It's, yeah. We've played with them a few times. So you might have seen. Like to tie those, tie those two questions together. Sort of with the pandemic and like our favorite bands. It's kind of weird now to not know who is still a band. It's kind of like your favorite restaurant. Right. Be like, are they closed because yeah, it's just like point. temporary, mm-hmm. or are they like closed? Closed. Bummer. Who was the? I'm just like drawing a blank right now on, on the swimming scene, but who was the woman that played? She was like a notable musician from town that played at Jake and Rachel's house, like that acoustic thing. Ooh. Oh, Haley Bonner. Haley Bonner. Haley Bonner. Haley Bonner Haley. Is she's great. Awesome. Like I, I really love her stuff. Haley. 
Oh. Yeah, we've been spinning her record actually recently. What's the one we have, Mike? It's the one with Hometown. Impossible and... Dream. That is like it's a great yeah. record. That's probably one of my That's favorite record. records from a local musician. Where it's like a record that I'll put on and be like, every song in here is like yeah. a really good song, like criminally underrated record. That I don't know. It's, it's good. It's a really good record. Yeah, I love she's that one. an awesome songwriter. Definitely. But also, it's just Haley. That's a switch because it used to be like Haley Bonner is how that record is labeled. That's an older one, though. Do you guys remember Solid Gold? Mm -hmm. That local band? I used to love that record, but that was like from years and years and years ago. Yeah. I don't think they've done a ton of stuff recently, but. Right. Another oldie is Best Friends Forever. They were like an early, like, girls can be in bands kind of thing on my young developing conscious. Yeah. Cool. Conscience? Conscience. Consciousness. All of those. Looks like we're done here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the questions, listeners. If you want to ask us one of your own, you can hit us up on any of the social media channels um, or our email, graveyardclubband at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Also never hurts to say, have a look-see at our merch page. It's graveyardclub.bandcamp.com got a lot of nice stuff you might want to buy thanks so much for being here with us this has been welcome to the club (laughs) oh my my god God. walter's anus that's a heinous anus <laughs> he seriously, listeners need to know this if this goes on the blooper reel. Corey Sog Walter has one of the most, like, how shall I say, visible, prominent, prominent buttholes that I've ever seen on it's any like animal. In his it's tail because... more than his body. It's so weirdly positioned. It's so dark, and that fur around like, it is so has, light. Yeah, it's like you can't stop looking here. at it like a car Corey, accident. Why it's it's like a black hole. It sucks. It's like a magic <laughs> eye. If you like relax your vision, you see a dolphin jumping through. A oh my pool. god! <laughs> I could never do those as a kid. It made me really mad. Oh I really? Got at them. Those kind of fell but off. But you can really cross quickly. your eyes, which is kind of part of the trick. Jesus, God! It's like he's trying to show it's it off. It's so. God, it's very like dark. The sun is in, just shining right up in that. He just looks like it's smiling now. <laughs> it, <does. laughs> it literally does. Oh my god. All right. I think we have, we must sign off. See you guys. Bye bye. Right. What do we do for practice guys. next? Oh yeah. Can we do weekend. Yeah. I like yeah. That. I can. Morning. Maybe Saturday morning. Yeah. It'll be my spring okay. break. Bring a kiddie pool and we'll have beers in the backyard. Lauren right now is going in the basement, (laughs) just like carted through the floor. Oh my god! Participation. I love her.